first in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, (laughs) whenever you're listening to Spouting Off, or you might be listening live here at our flagship station, 1590 AM and 95.3 FM WSMN in Nashua, New Hampshire. Well, did you have a good Independence Day? Did you read your Declaration of Independence that stirring last line, relying on our faith in God, I'm paraphrasing, I should know it word for word, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Well, we talk about that a lot around here. And first, I want to cover, welcome to the program, I want to cover at least just comment on some of the news items that were played right before we came on. Now, no worries if you hadn't been listening to the same news program that aired right before we came on. I'll just tell you what the uh, <laughs> what the whole gig was because it's being reported all around the country today. So Janet Yellen is uh, wrapping up her trip to China before that Uh, Anthony Blinken made a trip to China. I'm only going to make one comment here. Oh, yes. And there was a uh, story that I pulled up that there were other secret trips to China by others in the Biden administration. Do you kind of wonder why Biden himself is not going, but sending other people in the Biden administration? Since when... Does an American appointee on the cabinet uh, get to go to China? Uh, I don't know, but uh, she's not in charge of foreign policy. The president is supposed to do that. But, you know, we all know why the president is not being trusted to make a trip to China, seeing as how he already sold our country out to China. This is commentary, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it appears to us because we've been watching all the documents come out as to where, how the uh, Biden Biden family has been enriched by China and Ukraine. It's all in plain view, ladies and gentlemen, all in plain view. But he cannot uh, make any kind of decent impression And so they send other people in the Biden administration to make it look like Biden is just too busy and too important to meet with Chinese officials. Nonsense, I tell you. Um, I attended a tiny little Independence Day parade in a small, tiny little town. It was so charming. And there was lots and lots of cheers going up on uh, the 4th of July. And one truck drove by with a Biden mannequin and the hand was hanging out of the car and the sign said, Merry Christmas. So that's pretty much what most people think and believe and know because they've witnessed it with their own eyes, but we're not supposed to talk about it. There's a growing list of things we're not supposed to, we're not allowed to, we're not allowed not only to talk about, to even think about. God, remember when the left, when liberals, when progressives, whatever you want to call it, remember when they were absolutely clear on free speech on thinking outside of the box and on being an individual. You know, all those 60s hippies screamed and yelled about being nonconformist while they all dressed, talked, and behaved alike. But at least they um, spouted the whole idea of being an individualist, even if they weren't, which is really the whole thing with the left. What they say is the opposite of what they affect in our culture. Everything they say they want to do. I was just talking to Vic Porcelli, my friend from uh, 
St. Louis on KSTL. Wonderful. W uh, KSTL. I think that's right. Oh, I hope so. Um, but you can follow them on Twitter uh, about the fact that it isn't just that they say the opposite of what they're really trying to do, but they do and accomplish the exact opposite of what they claim their motive is. I mean, it's both ways in reverse. So that's my comment about that. Then in the news, we saw that the millennials uh, in a study, which are usually stupid studies and polls, but this one kind of interesting. Millennials lie on social media much more than baby boomers do, at least once a day. And the brief little report said, well, what do they lie about? They lie to impress people on social media. Hmm. They want to impress their friends with lies on social media. Doesn't that pretty much tell you where we are today? with uh, not only millennials, but even younger generations who've been bathed in division, in feelings of uh, inadequacy, jealousy, and an increasing vulnerability to social pressure. A sense of entitlement, a sense that, well, if I can't accomplish, accomplish something in my own regard, then it's either your fault or I'll lie about it. I just tweeted something that I thought, again, seemingly minute, but not so minute. A guy delivered a pizza to a woman, uh, and the pizza was about 22 and change. She gave him a $5 tip, which is almost 25%. And the pizza deliverer said to her, and there's video, it's going viral. Everything goes viral except viruses today. Uh, and he said, well, you have a really nice house and you're only giving me a five buck tip. So right there in is emblematic of it. Uh, senses of inadequacy, senses of entitlement, envy for what other people have, believing they're not entitled to it, and no, absolutely no character. We've got politicians and many others who want to elevate envy, jealousy, uh, and all the seven deadly sins, and I'm not even a Catholic, uh, and they want to suppress personal responsibility, uh, striving to do the right thing, character, and the idea that uh, we're not all having the same outcomes and to be jealous and envious of others is among the lowest and weakest of things. But today that's what we have, propaganda and more that tells you if you don't have something that you want, it's somebody else's fault. You shouldn't have to work at it, especially you can claim the person is either racist or white or a Trump supporter, and you can bathe yourself in hate and jealousy instead of taking advantage of opportunities that come your way. Uh, and that's pretty much what truly evil people who are creating division in this country are doing because they want that. It helps our march towards socialism and communism. And we're not marching, we're running, we're jogging towards socialism and communism. Now, there's a lot of pushback, that's for sure. And I'm going to give you an example of this pushback, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, um, uh, yes, uh, Ted Cruz did some pushback of the awokeism, but I want to give an example to introduce this in my uh, little bit time left. So there was a hot dog eating contest that happens every year on the 4th of July, and Joey Chestnut won his 16th Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest after a two-hour weather delay. And um, taking my inspiration from Ted Cruz, which I'll mention in a moment, I thought, you know, later on in, this, in the study, it tells you that Joey Chestnut only ate 60 hot dogs and buns, <laughs> not his highest, and Mika, Miki 
pseudo ate 39 and a half hot dogs uh, to win the women's division. Uh, my question is, why are there men's and women's hot dog eating contests? If men and women are different, are not different, they're absolutely the same. You can identify any way you want. You can identify as your spirit animal. You can identify. You don't have to live in reality, ladies and gentlemen. You just get to identify why is there a woman's hot dog eating contest at all? So we're living in this alternate universe in which people accept things like there are feminists in this world who elevate feminism and who believe women are somehow still oppressed in this country. And at the same time, they can buy into the preposterous notion that there really is no difference between men and women at all. And the only kind of men you want to hate are white, actually heterosexual men. But if a man says he identifies as a woman and takes away your dreams, your Olympic dreams, your, your athletic dreams, that's okay, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of crazy world we're living in. All of this is happening simultaneously, all together now. It's all happening simultaneously. And yet there is this accepted cognitive dissonance. I hardly have any time left. So I want to tell you what inspired me. Let's see if I have it here. Ted Cruz was beautiful, beautiful, heard about this. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. We must tell the truth and common sense, no matter how much we are told we are not allowed to talk about things, know that other people are thinking that the emperor is naked. They just don't want to say it. So human rights campaign president Kelly Robinson was repeatedly asked by Senator Ted Cruz if there's a difference between women and men. Now, there is an audio, but I don't have it. And she danced around the question five times, if at all. Ted asked her and asked her and asked her and asked her, is there a difference? But she would not answer. And at the very end, it was clear and I think the follow-up question was, well, if there's no difference between men and women, why are there women's sports at all? Hmm. She couldn't answer that question. <laughs> so keep asking the obvious questions to people who are living in unreality and watch them squirm. Karen Cataline, you're listening to Spouting Off. We have my friend Ted Harvey joining us next after this. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium MyPillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. 
That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Spouting off with Karen Cataline will return in a moment. The Reading Foundation provides evaluation and tutorial programs based upon the Orton-Gillingham philosophy of learning, based upon the study of language, how children acquire language, and the mechanisms involved in learning. All the learning pathways of the brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile, are addressed and strengthened to build a strong foundation for the acquisition of reading skills. If you are interested in learning more, Please contact the Reading Foundation for more information. The Reading Foundation is at 10 Northern Boulevard, Unit 19, Amherst, New Hampshire, 03031. Or you can email us at readingfoundation underscore rf at yahoo.com. And of course, you can call anytime at 603-882-0992. The Reading Foundation, Amherst, New Hampshire. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back to Spouting Off. I'm Karen Cataline. Happy that you're along with us. And uh, you're getting to know this gentleman quite often because we, well, we have him on quite often. And uh, he's a former legislator, you know, learn how to talk, Karen, yes. Uh, He's a former legislator from Colorado, my home state, where I no longer live. In 2000, he was elected to the Colorado House of Representatives as a Republican representing the 43rd House District. And then he was elected to the Colorado Senate. He heads up the chairman. uh, He's chairman of the committee to defeat the president at StopJoe.com. My friend, Ted Harvey. Welcome once again to Spouting Off. Well, thank you, my friend. Good to be here. (laughs) How was your 4th of July Independence Day? It was wonderful. We've had a lot of rain in Colorado. So I've heard you're beginning to resemble some other state. But uh, yeah. it is great to have you, and I guess things are blooming and beautiful where you are. I want to tell you, just apropos of nothing, what I told my audience just before, I attended a very small-town Fourth of July parade. It was beautiful. Flags everywhere, old trucks, old cars. I love old vehicles like that. And uh, just everybody having a great time and knowing that this is this is a, an event that celebrates America's founding, not just its our, her birthday. And so very subtly, there was a mannequin <laughs> of Joe Biden, and he was hanging out the back of the, his arm was hanging out. It was very clearly Joe Biden. And there was a somewhat modest sign that said, Merry Christmas. And I thought <laughs> you would appreciate that. <laughs> Everybody knew. This is the thing, you know, Ted. I mean, while you head up this thing called Stop Joe, most people watching do not believe Joe Biden is actually. I don't even like using the term running the country. Our our country was not founded so that a president should run it. You know, uh, the president's supposed to serve us. But to use the term, I don't think most people who, wa- who are watching this guy think that he's making the decisions for this administration. And that's why everybody laughs at that joke. What say you? It is sad. Um, the guy mm-hmm. has obviously diminished over the last two years, but um, he is he is the leader of the free world, the most powerful country on the face of the earth, and he can't put two sentences together. And he, he confuses Ukraine with Iraq, and he confuses Fourth July with Christmas, and um, <laughs> it, 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 is, it should concern everybody, and I don't care whether you are a Democrat or Republican. And if you look at the most recent polls, 30% of the Democrats that are being polled right now say that they want to have somebody other than Biden to be their nominee. So it's it's starting to be well understood by everybody across the 
political spectrum in our country that um, the the Democrat Party needs to find somebody else to be their standard bearer. Here's my uh, speculation on that, because I do a lot of speculating, and I remind people, it's speculation. You know, opinions are like derrieres. Everyone has one. And yep. this is a speculation that the radical left, or whomever, the whomevers who are directing policy as radical and leftist as we've ever seen, a march straight towards socialism and communism, that they may, we don't know, although they've gotten everything they wanted in the last four years, they may be planning to offload Joe Biden, but they're letting the mealy-mouthed weenies in the Republican Party do their dirty work for them. And that's why there are all these little leaks on Joe Biden and his selling out the country to Ukraine and and China. Uh, what do you think? Uh, if, if that were true, let's make it a hypothetical. If that were true, should the Republicans refuse to do it? Because, see, that would be high-level strategy that the Republicans don't gain uh, uh, engage in. Or should they go ahead and take the bait and get rid of Biden, and then they will announce some other ringer somewhere that they're going to say uh, deserves to uh, continue with Biden's <coughs> legacy, and it won't be Kamala Harris, I guarantee it. It's interesting you should ask that question. I just finished an op-ed and sent it out to the publisher this morning. You're kidding. Um, that <laughs> I, I Great think, minds don't think alike. No, go ahead. I think McCarthy's <laughs> in, a, in a tight bind right now because truly starting a, an impeachment hearing is – one of the most solemn decisions that a Speaker of the House can make because he is essentially going after the duly elected President of the United States who was elected by the people. In this case, maybe not. But regardless, um, it's, a, it's a very serious decision to make. So um, everybody... Sure wasn't solemn when the Democrats serious. did it twice. Second time when the, the guy wasn't even still president. They impeached a right. guy who wasn't even still president. They have no shame. At least we have Correct. some But that was, he was only the second pres- third president that <laughs> that ever happened to. Yeah. Um, and Wait, how do you look, even do that? I don't know. If you look politically, it's a bad decision to make for a speaker because... Um, Bill Clinton, who got impeached, then uh, left office as the most popular president ever to leave office. Still to this day, the most popular president ever to leave office, even after he was impeached. And then you look at Trump. He was impeached twice, and he's now leading the Republican field by 33%, and he's beating Biden nationally by, by one or two points. So... Um, I think that when you have this close of a presidential race going into the 2024 elections, if you look at the polls right now, it's very close. Um, impeaching Biden might rally the Democrat Party to his cause, just like um, indicting Trump has rallied the Republican Party to his cause. So um, I think yeah. it's risky to push forward with an impeachment, even though I think his hand may be, you know, forced because the evidence that's coming out is why we have the impeachment process in the U.S. (laughs) Constitution, because it goes to the highest levels of of criminal behavior on behalf of the Biden family and and the president of the United States. Look at the difference in evidence in what they used to impeach Trump and what what they could use to impeach Biden. But I wasn't even thinking in terms of impeachment, Ted. I was thinking about the le- uh, Republicans finally leading the charge in either calling for Biden to step down because of his corruption and his dirty dealings or otherwise uh, try to try to dirty up his name, which is kind of difficult in the propaganda media. Um, it would be very interesting, and, and I would love to see it, and it never will happen, if if Republicans were strategic enough to do the opposite of what the Democrats want and say to them, well, he was here's what he's done, what do you think? And not and not push it so the Democrats will have to. 
That's what they're, I think, they're trying to avoid is whatever they do that they really want to do, if they think it's unpopular, they will blame it on somebody else for having done it so they can have it both ways. Well, I've been saying since Biden got elected that he will not run for a second term. Um, really? And I think yeah. it continues to look more and more like that. And I don't think it's going to be the Republicans. I don't think it's going to be the Democrats in Congress or the media. I think it's going to be um, White House aspirants of the Democrat Party that are mm-hmm. looking at the polling numbers of Biden that are well under 40 percent now. And they're going to say there's no way he can win the nomination. And I think I can get into the race and I mean, there's the way Biden can win the general election. And these guys are going to be saying, I can beat Biden for the nomination and I might be able to be president of the United States. And yeah. I think you're, you're seeing Gavin Newsom already. Testing That's the, the water. name I was going to mention. Slick haired. I think Jared Polis will as well. I think there's a number wow. of people out there that are looking at it and going to say, I should get in. Wow. For everyone in New Hampshire and elsewhere who don't know who Jerry Polis is, he's the current governor of Colorado. Uh, tons of money and uh, just a strange fellow. He doesn't photograph well, and he's an MOT like me. But uh, boy, oh boy, has he driven Colorado into the ground like a California wannabe state. So you think uh, Polis is ready to, well, he's uh, now in in his second term. So uh, there are and term limits in Colorado. And he won his last term by 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Democrats like super rich uh, politicians uh, who are well-connected. Uh, China had Polis on their list of friendly uh, politicians in America. Did you happen to notice that? Yeah, yep. they had a whole list of them, and Polis was right there. Gee, who's surprised by that? Let's uh, go back to one of these topics that you alluded to. I love being able to jump around with you because I could talk to you about anything. Trump is crushing everyone, and never, I think, just again, strategically, the left is propping up all kinds of people in the Republican Party to try and challenge Trump in order to water down his support. Never have we seen so many people jump into the race who most people absolutely detest. (laughs) Most people in the Republican primary absolutely (laughs) detest. Detestable, Um, yes. I I I think you have a lot of folks who want to go off into the sunset and tell their grandkids, yeah, I ran for president of the United States once. And, and at one point, you know, they, they were a governor of their state. They were, um, had honorable careers in their states, but now they are, just want to say, I ran for president, and that's it. I think there's others that are legitimately auditioning for a position in the administration as vice president or something else, um, and good for them. That's great. Well, but, Mike Pence um, isn't auditioning for a position. In no, the Trump then there are the people like Mike Pence and Ron right. DeSantis, mm. who I think have FOMO, fear of missing out. They think uh. that if I don't get into the race, and Trump is in, is not only indicted but um, actually might be convicted, and mm. DeSantis and Pence is not in the race, they're going to be looking back and saying, "Oh my gosh, what if? What if?" Had I got in the race, I might be president of the United States. And I honestly think that's why Pence and DeSantis are in the race. There's no way they're going to beat Trump, but they are fear of missing out if he does get convicted and um, they want to be there just in case. I'm concerned about the big money that is funding the Trump hatred and the desire to divide the Republican Party. Some of them in the Democrat side and a whole and a certain number of very moneyed uh, never Trumpers who are running these people and propping them up so that they can bash Trump and echo the, in the echo chamber. People like Chris Christie and others. Uh, I mean, another one who the grassroots detests Chris Christie. The, the grassroots detest Mike Pence now. Their names are mud. What about that woman? I can't ever even remember her name because she's so annoying. <laughs> What's her name? The one who was in the Trump administration? See, this is a comment on her because I can, I can never think of her name. 
I'm is blanking it? out as well. <laughs> you see? Um, I love it. She was in a CPAC. Uh, Nikki Haley. Nikki yeah, Haley. That's it. That's it. A totally forgettable personality, isn't she? That neither of us can even remember her name. And does anybody think she has a chance to win the nomination? Oh, no, please. I think she's auditioning. I think she's auditioning. For I think what? Ken Scott is auditioning. You know, there's several yeah. out there that are auditioning for the number two position, and you know, good for them. I don't think yeah. they're going to attack Trump. I think I don't think they're going to let you know do anything to upset the the campaign and and put their political future at risk, but I think they're just getting out there to get nationwide name recognition. Trump would be a fool to uh, include Nikki Haley once again. Uh, And then, um, you know, his chief of staff, who we thought was so great, and now he seems to be quite a a turncoat as well. I don't know. Um, Just to comment on Trump himself, which is, you know, when some of us get tired of fighting this onslaught of lies, propaganda, framing, and whatever of American people, just watch what Trump is being put through. Uh, it is, it's astonishing, and it's historic, and hopefully the story will be told. Uh, in, I'm going to give you a last couple minutes to talk about StopJoe.com, what you're up to, how people can help you in your efforts to StopJoe.com. Well, I, I don't think any of your listeners would disagree that this is, without a doubt, the most dangerous uh, administration in the history of our country. And they have their sights set on destroying the United States. And um, you look at the way the intelligence community has been weaponized under this administration to come after folks like you and me that would speak up and say something against the um, the machine that is Washington, D.C. And um, my goal for the next year and a half is to make sure that we not only defeat Biden's administration, but also defeat the the deep state that is um, even more powerful than the president of the United States. They took down Donald Trump. And my goal is to make sure that a Republican and Donald Trump is going to be the nominee that can a get decent elected to Republican. Go and yeah. defeat Joe Biden and take back right. our country and and uh, pull the deep state out by the roots. And we are spending a ton of money to mm. defeat Democrats in the House and the Senate and reelect Trump in the in the White House and uh, take back our country. So I got to run. Thank you, Ted Harvey. Go to our website at stopjoe.com. Stopjoe.com. Thank you, Ted Harvey. We always appreciate having you on. We'll be back with our Epic Times reporter after this. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, 
In our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Spouting Off with Karen Cataline will return in a moment. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, KarenCataline.com. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. that run a while i really like that song <laughs> thank you mr producer i like that song hey call me call me old-fashioned i like 70s music and this new stuff you know i i'm feeling so like old people right i don't know what the music was today i like the old stuff actually i like lots of different stuff i like really old stuff like beethoven and chopin and uh Sir Ralph Fun Williams. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> Every Thursday, <clears throat> excuse me, we love to have on a reporter from the Epic Times. If you were listening to our commercial, you know that they are one of our sponsors. We love the Epic Times, and we love having reporters from the Epic Times talk about some of the stuff they're working on and some of the stuff that they have published recently or whatever's relevant. Here this week to join us is Nathan Wooster, who covers national politics for the Epic Times, also focused on energy and the environment. Nathan has written about everything from fusion energy and ESG to Biden's classified documents and international conservative politics. He lives and works in Chicago, and uh, we are delighted to have him on the program right now. Hi, Nathan. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Karen. Uh, glad to be there. Uh, but I have to say that the volume on your end is extremely low, so I'm hoping your producer could maybe turn that up for me because I really can't hear you. Oh, okay. Hopefully, um, Art, you heard that, and uh, you can turn the volume up on his end so he can hear our discussion better. Thank you for letting us know that. Uh, in the meantime, and let me know when you uh, you get that worked out, uh, you are covering Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, who nobody knew until just a few weeks ago. Tell us about this candidate and uh, how he's doing right now and why other people, particularly Trump supporters and others, should care. Can you hear me? I think you just cut. I, I, yes, I can hear you, but the volume is still very low. Okay. Um, I'll send a note to him as well. So go ahead and tell us about yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy. Quickly because I, I really can't hear anything that you're saying, but um, I can speak for a moment about Vivek. Uh, yes. Yeah, Vivek's campaign is very interesting. He is obviously someone who is leading with ideas. And so when you hear that, for example, when I said that to Babe Buchanan, who managed her brother Pat's successful bid for the 96 New Hampshire primary, she said, well, idea guys, they can't necessarily uh, do well in primaries. On the other hand, he is someone who has this obvious command of uh, speech, this obvious ability to connect with people. I think that, at least according to one recent poll, we're seeing him close in on DeSantis. 
you know, anecdotally, I've heard a lot of positive things from people. I think, um, in particular, his his message has uh, somewhat more libertarian elements that resonate. But on the other hand, I think he has a very strong grasp of some of the issues with the blending of private and public power and the uh, rise of the administrative state. And he speaks with a level of specificity and authority on that that um, basically nobody else can command, um, at least rhetorically. You look at a character like DeSantis and you look at Trump, they have obviously actually managed uh, Florida and the United States, respectively. On the other hand, um, there is something about the outsider figure, uh, even as he's still starting to establish name recognition, still making his last name and first name pronounceable for, uh, for many Americans. <laughs> Uh, which is that's one struggle with me, by the way, since my last name is a bit of a, a tongue twister for many people. Uh, how's the sound now? Because the producer it's, says he it's has still maxed very low. out. It's as low as it was before. Okay, he says it's probably sorry to say your phone. So uh, if no, there's no anything, because our last <laughs> guest uh, was able to hear pretty well. Uh, we have that problem sometimes, and we never know yes, exactly Karen, what's Karen, going on. It's actually working now again, so I can, I can hear you now. Whatever oh, you wonderful. Do, wonderful. For those of us who do not really understand a thing about Vivek Ramaswamy, where he came from, who he is, and why he's running, why don't you give us a little bit of a lowdown on that? Sure. So he is someone who came out of the biotech world. He's the only millennial in the race, but he's already a uh, multimillionaire, uh, both through the biotech company Royvant and uh, then through his subsequent turn to activist investing through uh, Strive Investing, as it's known, which is deliberately targeting ESG. It's anti-woke. The expectation is that if you actually try to prioritize returns on investments rather than the sort of political hobby horses, that come into play with things like ESG, then you will be able to deliver better returns for the people who invest in your product. So there's mm-hmm. there's that background that he has. He went to Yale Law School, uh, which also, interestingly enough, produced J.D. Vance, as well as Josh Hawley. So there's a certain kind of young conservative. Uh, some people lump them into the, uh, the post-liberal category, which I don't want to get into it too much, but people who I think... Um, understand the the state of the uh play right now in the country in in a way that uh lends their message a a fair degree of urgency now he is also someone who has faced accusations of being connected with the world economic forum his face was featured on their website he has claimed that they did this basically without his permission and he's uh worked to get his uh name no longer associated with them he also received a scholarship from a an association connected with the Soros family. Again, he has said that this was, first of all, not something that uh, had any sort of political overtones, and this was ultimately a way for him at that stage in his uh, education to uh, receive, you know, the money that he needed to uh, study. But, um, yeah, I, I think on the whole, if you look at, at the message that he's presenting, he he is a credible figure in a way that a lot of the outsider candidates are not in part because he has been out there stumping very aggressively in New Hampshire and in Iowa. Uh, There was a recent Axios article tallying up the uh, visits by the different candidates to those states, and Ramaswamy is uh, really punching above his weight, uh, which I can attest to. I've been to many of his campaign stops in those states. I've I've seen him speak in Iowa uh, in front of uh, uh, mainly evangelical Christians. I've seen him speak to libertarians in New Hampshire. He really is going out there and uh, trying to build a message. Some people say that he really isn't that serious about it. They say that ultimately he may be gunning for a cabinet role with a a Trump. But on the other hand, he's told me he would, or rather his people have told me, that he wouldn't accept such a role and that he really is serious. And he does seem to be someone who, you know, feels that, uh, from what I can see, I I don't think he's uh, kidding around. I don't think he's someone who's angling for uh you know a vice presidential slot for example but we'll have to uh-huh. see well there are several concerns that i can kind of uh you know assume or glean i guess from people who've been watching for an awfully long time and one of them is 
Washington and what we are watching has become so in your face and such a cesspool of corruption. Uh, if you just watch, I hate saying like him or not, because he's, he's amazing in what he has uh, sustained, Donald Trump. But um, to watch what they have done to him, even, even brazenly framing him and then never admitting it, Donald Trump, and continuing to go, they mean to destroy him, to put him in prison, make him a political prisoner, whatever they have to do to get him not to run, because he's that much of a threat. When things are that extreme that we're watching, things we never thought we'd watch, and there have been political figures for years that were not liked, but they never had this kind of stuff done to them. I think most voters are thinking, this guy, he might be a good guy, but how could anybody, I don't care how smart he is, withstand that kind of thing? Look at what a big, I'm sorry I'm going on a little bit, uh, uh, no, it's, um, it's understandable. Yeah, one last thing. Look at the learning curve Donald Trump himself had to go through. He hired, I mean, he appointed a lot of people that ended up stabbing him in the back. And now people think, okay, now maybe he's seasoned enough. He could, he could uh, right some of his own wrongs. And this guy, tell me how he or it is being answered, that question. That's a lot of questions, but. No, that's a, a core question. How exactly can people drain the swamp, so to speak, if it seems as though all of the progress that was made was in many cases easily reversed? The people who put themselves out there have been vilified. You know, people, and, and I would broaden yes. this to be on Trump and what's happening to him. You look at people in the Trump administration, the way they've been pretty much openly targeted. You look yes. at, for example, what happened to the J6ers, even in clearly cases of them being nonviolent where they've been targeted. There's an independent journalist, Stephen Horn, who has, has faced legal battles despite the fact that he was a journalist because he had the wrong views while he was there. Um, you wow. speak to, for example, Douglas Mackey. I don't know if you're familiar with that case, but he was the no. um, person. Oh, he, it, it is worth looking into. And Ramaswamy, to his credit, has pledged to pardon Mackey. Mackey could face up to a decade in jail, if I'm not mistaken, Stunning. for posting memes prior to the 2016 election. This is the stuff the of the old meme. Soviet Union. That yeah, we're watching. It, it, I mean, I, it, it's gotten to the point where I feel like anybody, you, you see this happen and you know that messages are being delivered to people, not just to the people at the top, but anybody who sticks their neck out saying, look at what's going to happen to you if you're brave. That's the reason why, let, right. let me just speak for my generation, all the smartest conservatives, libertarians, people who are on the right, they're pretty much all anonymous because they know exactly what will happen to them if they're open with their ideas unless they're, you know, someone who works in the conservative media or conservative think tank ecosystem. They're going to face persecution in various forms, at least socially and possibly also legally. So it's... And it's, isn't that the point, I, I, to make an example of people exactly. so they'll sit down, shut up, and uh, they don't care whether you disagree, they care whether you disagree publicly. So to answer your question about how he's going to do that, mm -hmm. one thing that he has, the Trump did not is legal training. He's a Yale Law School grad. He's someone who I think I, I need him to hopefully tell me in granular detail exactly how he's going to do these things he's promised to do. For example, <laughs> shut down the FBI, shut down the IRS. You'll notice many of these pledges, by the way, are now making their way into the uh, stump speeches of other candidates. But he, right. how exactly is he going to do this? He, he is equipped intellectually. He is equipped in terms of will, from what I can see. On the other hand, there is a sense in which his, his capacity for salesmanship can make him seem like the music man, you know, marching ah, into town with these promises. Good analogy. I, I, think people, I understand why people get that sense, and I, I feel like time will tell. From what I've seen, I am not willing to write him off, but I, I think it's totally reasonable. Your core concern about how would yeah. he withstand the sort of attacks that Trump and, and everybody who is seen as aligned with Trump, all the deplorables, how would he yeah. face that? Yeah. Um, and uh, we're running out of time. We have about four minutes. I want to get to this other issue. So kind of quick. What do, if, you know, you've been covering Vivek Ramaswamy. Where is he on COVID and all that happened there and the Ukraine war? Two things we're not supposed to think about other than the way they tell us to think about it. 
Yes. Um, COVID, uh, he has positioned himself as strongly opposed to the biosecurity state. I, I would not want to misquote or mischaracterize his views, but I think many of your listeners would, would be happy with where he stands on that. On the other hand, you know, I, I think it's reasonable to be concerned about anybody who has uh, financial connections to biotech, um, mm. given, <laughs> given what, what seems yes. to be some incentives there that uh, were not aligned with those of uh, people who value liberty. On right. the issue of Ukraine, he has, I think, positioned himself as the most uh, pro-peace candidate up there with Trump of the Republicans who are running. I don't know if you saw the responses that Tucker Carlson, back when he was allowed to appear on Fox, received when he asked the various uh, candidates about their stance on Ukraine. Vivex was basically, as, as he described it now, degree, it was on the caliber of a Wall Street Journal op-ed, explaining in detail in a nuanced way why he thinks that we should take an approach aimed at de-escalation. And mm. uh, so that I, I think you would I think your listeners would probably be okay. um, wise to look into it for themselves and just see exactly how that matches their own views on these issues. Super. Uh, Nathan, we have about two minutes and I don't know what to ask you, whether either you could talk about what you're working on now or this new poll that shows that Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson is closing in on DeSantis. Oh, it's um, uh, Ramaswamy. But yes, I'm also writing about the uh, newest transition report from Mayor Johnson, which uh, now about two months after he was sworn in, uh, he was able to release this in a uh, uh, church on the south side. Uh, he claims that issues such as intersectionality and equity are going to be at the center of what he does. Um, so it, it, it was what I would characterize it as, as a victory lap for his left-wing allies, in particular yeah. the teachers' union, but also you know, uh, long-standing community activists uh, for them. On the other hand, the, the question for me is how much of this is actually going to be binding and how much of it is just, you know, hundreds of people who belong to these networks meeting together in their committees and saying we're committed to all these things that we say that we're committed to. Ah, well, great. Tell everybody how they can uh, find you at the Epic Times and, uh, and uh, people will follow you. I love having you on, Nathan. Always Absolutely. fun. <laughs> no, it's always a lot of fun to speak with you. Um, yeah. You can find me. My name is Nathan Worcester. Worcester is spelled W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R on the Epoch Times website. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is N-N Worcester, N-N-W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. And I'm on Truth Social as well. Truth Social, there you go. Nathan Worcester, uh, thank you for the work you do. We need all of the work that you do, honest reporting. Well, that does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday when there will be so much more to spout off about here on Spouting Off.